she just kind of was talking about betting on herself and going for it. And I had been journaling, journaling a little bit and had said, you know, if you can keep it together, you have the potential to maybe dip under 30 or have a, a good race. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the next episode of the Trail Running Women podcast. We are looking at the end of March, you guys. We've done it. We've made it. We are nearing the spring and summertime, and even though my lovely, lovely Eastern guests who have messaged me and said they've just been hit with loads of snow, I believe it will all change quickly. Let's talk about today's sponsor, Gooder Sunglasses. That is also going to make your springtime, summertime better. And if you have not checked out their website in a while, gooder.com, I need you guys to go there and see these amazing, fun, new colors, shapes, and names. And I promise you, the person that did the marketing for this was very hungry. And that's okay. It turned out amazing. So I'm going to read you some of the names because I think this exemplifies the functional fun that is Gooder Sunglasses. So we have 24 Carat Sunnies, Blueberry Muffin Enhancers, Charred to Love, Sells House Buys Avocado, Potatoes, a Midwest Vegetable, and last but not least, Strawberries are my jam. Yes, names are awesome, but the colors, the Sell House Buys Avocado, I think might be my new favorite. And as per usual, they don't slip, they don't bounce, and they are polarized. So you can get one for any type of light, any season, you'll always look your best and it is 90% how you look, 10% how you run because if you look good, you run with confidence and you also play tennis with confidence if that happens to be your jam as well as strawberries. So go check them out. Use discount code TRW at checkout for free shipping on any pairs that you would like. Okay, so today's guest is Teresa from Hawaii. Well, she's not actually from Hawaii. She has been deployed and she has four children. So we get into her story about how she made this work. We often get people who think they can't do something because they don't have the time or the access. And so I love these stories because what happens is I end up getting messages back from somebody else who said, oh my gosh, I listened to this person overcome all of this scheduling nightmare that they had to do and accomplish such amazing things and inspires them to do it. And the amount of people that have written and said, the stories of these women have inspired me to do my first 25K, my first 50K, like warms my heart. That's the reason for this. And it is amazing. So Teresa's kind of a funky story. Like she didn't really like running and then ran a marathon and was like, oh, surprise, surprise. I'm really fast and qualified for Boston. And I think that kind of happens randomly where people have these, this happens on the show quite a bit, actually have this like untapped talent and they find it a little bit later in life. And it's so fun to hear how they hone in on this skill while also just living this other huge life. So she actually has moved to Hawaii and she's done a lot of marathons at this point, but we get into how she went from that to jumping up like 10 times the time on feet and doing hurt 100. And she's done it a couple of years now and her son got to pace her on the end on the last lap recently. And that is kind of like, the goal of my life. Um, so just so much fun to listen to how she's incorporated this into her family life, how she stays enjoying the sport and what she's hoping to do in the future. So I think you guys are going to have a lot of fun listening to her as well as get some inspiration. So if you want to find me on Instagram, my handle is what it's called is hillsport 55. There will be a lot of, uh, pictures of a child skiing 
that's okay. That's just part of life. And I think it's worth it. The all, the other second most amount of messages I get is came for the running content, stayed for the kin content because he's wild and it's awesome. But I also post a lot of pictures of where we run around here. Currently training for a road marathon and I am, yeah, weird, right? Blogging that training over on Patreon and the link to that is in the bio of the Instagram as well. Uh, and all the show notes will have links to the sponsors and all of the great stuff. If you have suggestions for guests, feel free to reach out there. I have a little bit of a list going and it's just so much fun. I thought one day we'd run out of people. We're on episode like 203 or something now, but it's just not true. There's just so many voices to chat with and stories to hear. So I love that we can just keep on keeping on. If you want to support the show, Patreon's not for you and you want to click that five-star button, that's awesome. That helps more people find us and it helps us stay relevant and is quite frankly, quite motivating to continue. If you have negative feedback, just write an email. That really is helpful. Um, and I will try to take what you say, but you know, let's keep it positive on the old reviews. And I do appreciate so much everybody who has done that already. Okay. I think that is it for now. Good luck with your training. And I hope this story helps you get through some long run so that you feel like you are with friends. So today we are speaking with Teresa Almond, who was recommended to me after you ran hurt with a couple of friends of mine. So welcome to the show. Oh, thank you for having me. So as we do with most guests, let's just start with a bit of your history. Um, were you a runner as a kid or an athlete? And how did you get into running if you weren't? Uh, I started very young. Um, my dad and my brother ran. So I, of course, wanted to keep up with them. Um, and I can remember running, gosh, anybody that's from Pensacola will know the, the Great Pumpkin Race or the Palafox Place Race. So we ran 5Ks, 5 milers. I walked a lot of them, did not enjoy them. Um, but the more we did it, uh, every now and then I would get a medal in my age group. So I apparently was a fan of the shiny object. That's, that's fantastic. That's good that you had some, some motivation. And I like that in your bio, it talked a lot about your goal was to not do more than one lap of the track. So you really did want to be a short distance runner. Yeah. So I would run the, the longer stuff. Gosh, we probably did that once or twice a year. Um, my dad would always throw us in the junior Olympics and um, we always did sprinting and the field events. So we'd uh, get in the long jump and the shot put. Um, and then got to high school and kind of like a lot of people, probably the the kids that I fell in with were running cross country. So I figured I'd give it a try. I did not like cross country at all. It was way too long. Um, and I would, I don't think my freshman year, I probably placed, I was on varsity, but we were just a small school. Um, so most of us made it. And then when track rolled around, I ran the 100, the 200, and the mile relay, which was definitely my all-time favorite until my senior year when I started running hurdles. Um, but I was bound and determined to never run more than a 400. Uh, and I did not run farther than one lap in, the, in any track meets in high school. Congratulations. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what a, what a great thing. Uh, here's a random question that you may or may not know the answer to. What is your one lap, so your 400 meter personal record? Do you remember? So my senior year at the state track meet, I actually dipped under 60 one time. So it was high nice. 59s. That's impressive. I have a friend that's training for a track meet right now. And I'm like, 
I have no idea what my one lap like time would be because every time I do it, I have to try to do it 10 times. So (laughs) (laughs) Um, so that's impressive. That's awesome. Like that kind of quick twitch is obviously super impressive. And then to be bouncy enough to do hurdles too. So definitely an athletic person. It sounds like your siblings were as well. A huge interesting part of your story is kind of what you decided to do in college and for a career. So talk us through how you made that decision. Um, My dad was in the Navy. Um, And he actually ended up working at the nursing recruiter's office for his final job when I was in high school. So um, I always knew I wanted to be a nurse. My grandmother was. She passed away when I was really young. um, And I always, I just remembered everybody at her funeral and the impact she made on so many people. Um, So uh, I think I was seven when she passed away. And I, I always said I would be a nurse. Um, so my dad, I guess I got kind of lucky. He worked with the ROTC unit, um, in New Orleans and somehow I got the ROTC scholarship and landed in Auburn. Uh, I really wanted a football school, so I did well there. Um, did my college time and then was, um, commissioned into the Navy and stationed in San Diego as a young 22 year old. During this time, it sounds like you got a little bit into more endurance stuff, doing some triathlons, and then a half marathon and ultimately a marathon. So how did we increase into distances like that? Um, So when I moved to San Diego, a lot of the nurses were doing triathlon. So I did team and training with them. And that was kind of the first time having a coach. So um, we had a group and a coach and we went through every discipline was with either these coaches or these people. And um, that was really fun and and kind of similar to being a little girl and placing in my age group. I realized I wasn't a swimmer at all. In fact, I had to do the backstroke on my very first triathlon because my coach let me borrow his wetsuit and it was way too big and I couldn't breathe. Um, So I got to chase a lot of people down on the bike and the run. And I think that was intriguing to me. Um, especially because I knew I would never be a quick swimmer. When you see the the high school, college swimmers, I feel like they dance in the water. They, they are such pretty swimmers. Yeah, I know, um, right? <laughs> yeah, just incredible. And then when I met my husband, um, his group of friends, they were all doing a Navy sports team, and they needed some more girls. And so I went and tried out for that so I ended up being on the Navy's uh, military pentathlon team for a couple Whoa. of years. That was the neatest thing ever to wear a, you know, a Navy USA jersey. We got four months uh, away from our jobs. So I joked that I was a professional tri- or athlete for four years. Um, <laughs> they would, we'd work out twice a day. We'd get massages. It was amazing. So then your husband and you got married in 2001 and moved to Hawaii. Was that for the Navy as well? Yeah, we both got stationed here. Um, nice. Uh, yeah, so that was three. We did about three and a half years. And so what was it about the marathon in Honolulu that made you want to do that? I kind of had a similar thing happen. Um, I, because of the pentathlon, met up with some of the Navy running crew and got pulled in to do the Navy cross-country um, they have where all the militaries compete. So that was just USA, um, compete. Yeah, just USA. So it was in Texas that year. I mean, and that's back to 
when with Dina Drossen, Dina Castor, um, I think Blake Russell. It's you know some of the older gals now, uh, but yeah, racing against them on a starting line, and we were all really far behind. The military kind of was the caboose, um, but we were just there competing against each other. So Army, Navy, Air Force, Marines, you know, everybody. You'd get the trophy, whoever won, points wise. That's super cool. My husband's a fireman and they have, it's called Battle of the Badges versus the Cops. Um, it's just a hockey game, but I feel like it would be equally as competitive. <laughs> yes. Yeah. It's, you know, the trophies on the line. We did not win. We did not. Come <laughs> it was so much fun. It was so muddy, um, freezing cold. I mean, everybody was slipping, sliding, falling. Um, yeah. Great memory, but it was hard. Um, I bet. Yeah. And so those people were all marathoners. Um, and so, of course, it was kind of the everybody's doing it. So jumped in and trained for the Honolulu Marathon in 2001. Um, that was my first one. And I qualified for Boston. I think it was barely by a minute. And, of course, your first marathon, I was hurting. I said, I'll never do another one. But then and I didn't even know what Boston was at the time. So. Um, then you kind of look into it and that was pre having to, you know, beat your time by five minutes or if you qualified, you were in, um, do you remember what your age category or what your time was? Mm, how old was I then? So, oh, one was I 20, I was pre kid. So 25 and it was three thirty eight something. Oh, wow. Okay. So that's pretty fast for your first one. Did you, you mentioned to having a coach before for some of your previous training, obviously. Did you guys have a coach for this or was it just sort of random group group training, putting it together as you go? I ended up doing most of that one on my own. Um, and then during the training, some of the, I met up with uh, the marathon crew again, and uh, those guys were training for the Marine Corps marathon. Um, so I was supposed to run the Marine Corps marathon in 03, but that was when my number one came along. <laughs> so I did not... <laughs> make it to the Marine Corps marathon that year. <laughs> and how many kids do you have in total now? I have four. Okay. I like it. Um, and how old are they now? So I, my oldest is almost 19. My girls are 15 and 17. And then my youngest son is 12. Wow. Okay. So you're telling me about all of these things and I'm like, these are amazing, but raising four kids, I'm like, whoa, that's the hardest thing you've done. I feel like. I think you're right. It is <laughs> quite a reward, but they, yeah, they can be a lot. Just want to take a second to thank today's sponsor. This show is brought to you by AG1 from Athletic Greens. So I have been taking AG1 for quite some time now, and it's really changed how I view supplements. So no longer do I have to stare at the closet and think I didn't take that pill. And now I've had these ones expire. It is simpler into one thing that I can do in the morning I wake up thirsty anyways, so I have a glass of cold water with my greens in it. Actually, lately I've been putting my AG1 scoop in in the evening and then putting a glass of water in the fridge so it's so thirst quenching in the morning and I'm getting all of the vitamins and minerals and things that I need super bioavailable to me in this format, digesting it super easy and feeling like I am starting off the day on the right foot. So it is helpful for recovery, it's helpful for gut health, for probiotics and for prebiotics, which I don't think are talked about enough. And the better my guts are, the happier I seem to be. And I know there is a connection between gut health and 
how you can handle stress. And I do feel like I just, if I have all of my nutrients and everything kind of taken care of, that I can sleep better uh, and therefore handle whatever wacky thing happens in the day because the world is wacky these days. So I started taking it mostly for recovery and gut health and am very excited that all of the other benefits have sort of just fallen into place. And this is now a daily habit that I will continue on forever. So if you would like to take ownership of your health, today is a good time to start. Athletic Greens is giving you a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is go to athleticgreens.com backslash TRWP. That's athleticgreens.com backslash TRWP and check it out. You must have had a time. It sounds like, and I'm sure, like, I mean, every mom goes through this, but there was a time when you were, it's, it sounds like fitness and competing to some degree is such a huge part of your life. And then suddenly you have one, two, three, four children. Tell me about how you kind of navigated keeping this athletic side of your self alive and and raising the kids and feeling like you were kind of giving your all to both if you could or if you did feel like that no I did I I think for me uh, my husband has done 13 deployments so he was gone it was a lot of single parenting um but I feel very very blessed that I have been able to stay home with them um so uh, there was definitely a time where it was mostly stroller runs um, go to the gym, to the daycare. We had our, our 60 or 90 minute limit. You know, I would just get in what I could. My husband, when he's home is great. He definitely takes them or took them when they were littler. Um, but I, yeah, I feel like it was a really good balance because I was able to do it while they, you know, especially once they got into preschool. Yeah, I think I think I was able to balance with with preschool. I would allow myself to get a babysitter on Sundays for three hours, and I would usually go run some trails that were in Virginia Beach, run to the grocery store. That was kind of my standing Sunday when my husband was gone. Um, so yeah, I think, and and all my friends were kind of in the same boat. So we also would either trade off, or you know, we would be at the gym together getting our workouts in while the kiddos were down there playing. That's awesome. I love it. And I think it's, I have, I've said this in the couple last episodes too. My son is three, but I have like eight of my closest running friends now that are all pregnant. So it's going to be, I think a group effort getting it all done, but there's definitely this struggle of getting older and do you want more kids and how then do you navigate it all? And just something that like men don't have to face. Like I always say, if my husband could have the second kid, like no problem, but taking a, another year or two out of like your body feeling good running is also hard too. It's just, it's a challenging thing. So it's nice to hear inspiring stories where you can just make it work with as many children as you want. And I think, I mean, with your friends, I'm not sure if they're all in the same location, but you know, leaning on those friends and seeing how different friends make it work. Cause I feel like oftentimes we think, oh, there's no way I could do that. And then your friend does it and you're like, oh, I can hold my baby and do the workout. And, you know, there's, we're pretty good at figuring things out. Yes. And I think it's so like ultra runners sometimes are also kind of type A people. So you want to be able to plan out how you're going to do it and you can't, you got to wait and see how it works, but you can, we have so many great mountains that you can just hike up. And that was such a huge, like weighted vest hike training for the whole year of mat leave was awesome. 
Yeah, I wish I had done that when my son was little. Um, I didn't even realize, you know, I knew the mountains were here, but I didn't know how many people were just wearing babies and doing the hikes. And even with the kids, you know, I, I kind of always felt like I'm running, you know, road racing is like that. I got to hit my paces. I got to. Um, yes. It, yeah, it trails been, are so much freer, right? <laughs> yes. It would have been okay to throw a baby, you know, on your back and just go for a walk um, up some hills, which there are none in Virginia Beach. But um, yeah, it's, it's neat to look back and see kind of how, you know, things are being done differently or what I could have done. But me with the road running, I was such a, a slave to, to paces and, you know, oh, when's the next marathon and when can I start training? Yeah. So I have two questions. Like, I mean, I kind of glossed over the, you were in Hawaii, you're back in Hawaii, but you moved eight times around there and that's just for work. And how does that work? They just give you Hey, a heads up, you're moving across the country? Yeah, it's just the military. They um, sometimes will ask you, you know, here or here, but typically it's, okay, time to pack up in six months you're moving, if you get six months. I think we had six weeks um, to pack up and come to Hawaii this past time, but it was during COVID, so everything was a little wacky. Um, but yeah, you just, you know, research schools and sports and um, go and start a new adventure somewhere else. Uh, that's so inspirational to people too, who, you know, you sometimes feel like you kind of get trapped when you have to put down roots with kids, but they're resilient as well. And new experiences are so good for people. Yeah. And very helpful in, in helping make friends when they're littler. You know, that's where the majority of my closest friends from all the moves are where the kids were in preschool and you play after school or the bus stop or, you know, once they get older, it's kind of like, oh, shoot, <laughs> I got to go make friends on my own. Yeah. And I, f I feel like it just happened so fast, but as far as your actual running going, so you talk about slave to the paces and that, like, I can so relate to that when you're trying to run a marathon faster. I mean, you're talking seconds per mile that you need to dial in. Right. So every bit of training has to be so perfect. So what was that time in your life? Like what goal time were you aiming for, for that marathon? And what did your training kind of evolve like? Yeah, so I ran the one in 01, Honolulu, um, in that Boston. And then I don't think I ran another one until my after my third. And I just had really been yearning to go back to Boston. I, I tell my friends that even if they're not runners, it's just one of those races where if you can go and watch, and you don't need to see the winners, you can watch them on TV, but to go watch the stories and I, for me, Boston makes you feel like you're winning the race when you're finishing, you know, just that energy. And I haven't done New York or Chicago or the bigger ones, so I'm sure there are others, but I was always drawn to Boston. Um, and I, um, so it was kind of neat. Uh, my coach, Gary, that was in the Army when I was in the Navy out here, he coached me um, to run. I would kind of pick his brain over the years, but then I started talking to him and he said, I think we can get you under three. And I laughed because I think my PR was 323. Um, so we went to Philly, to the Philadelphia Marathon. I guess, I think it was 2015. Um, and I got, just got under three that year. And my kids were there, which was awesome. My husband had flown in the night before from a trip. Um, so that was really neat. And I called him and he said, hey, we need to keep working. I think we can try and OTQ, Olympic trials qualify. Um, 
And so I had, what was my baby? I guess five. Um, then we got a kind of a surprise move to Tennessee, and I ended up with working with Lauren Paquette, who's a professional runner for Hoka, um, when we were near Memphis. She and her husband together, they have a strength training, which I never realized. I lifted some, but not on a program like that. So the two of them, um, we ran CIM in 2019, which is another phenomenal fast course. Um, and it was the only time I ever attempted an OTQ. I got 250, pretty close to 250 flat, I think. Um, yeah, and then... After that, we COVID hit and um, moved out here, and I vowed that I was taking a break from the roads, and I haven't really looked back. <laughs> it's been incredible. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Okay, so. I know, there's a lot. <laughs> yeah, we got to break this down, this 323 to like, oh, and then I just went and did my sub three. Like, no, 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 no. How, what were the key workouts? What did he have you change? And you said you were 25 in early 2000s. So how were you close to 40 when you got your sub three? So my first sub three, I was, let's see, 2015. So close to, I was 76. So almost 40. Yeah. Yes. Or 39, I guess. Awesome. Um, yeah. And then my PR, I think I was 42. Amazing. Which is fun, right? I mean, to to raise the babies, and I was definitely training, but I would get injured a lot because I think you know, I wasn't giving myself enough time after the babies. I'm sure. Um, yeah, we know so much more about that now. Like this <laughs> yeah. is so arbitrary. Yeah. Um, okay, but what did your coach do? Like, what did he? He obviously saw some natural talent, and then you just honed in. Um, tell me what the training, if you can remember. I know it was a few years back now. Like, how did that shift for you? He was so big on steady state and and he was one of the ones I'll I'll be you know so grateful to him always but the paces were they were pretty scary. I was sure I would never hit them but by the end of the training cycle if I wasn't I was really close. Um but steady state mile repeats um we we came away from the speed a little bit because I was so injury prone. Um and I it's one thing I I really think um you know, people that are questioning if a coach is worth it. There's so much value in having people that believe in you. Um, you know, there's, it's worth worth everything if you find a coach that works well. Um, I think it can push you places for sure that are are not doable on your own. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And just because there's so much doubt from other people or like rolling their eyes, if you say that you're going to run it 20 minutes faster or whatever. Hi, Dougie. Um, and then having somebody who knows about running tell you you can do it. You're like, oh, that's the one voice I have to listen to. Yes. So steady state. Do you mean like marathon pace, tempo effort? What type of? Yeah, he and Lauren also um, very much like marathon pace needed to be what you could go out and run and not even look at your watch, um, which was something new to me. And I, you know, you when you can go do mile repeats and not look at your watch and you're hitting marathon pace, yeah, it's pretty incredible. Um, I, th I think those were the biggest workouts because they wanted me to know that that pace was attainable, you know, and that it, it wasn't going to destroy me comfortable. Right. Yeah. yeah. I, you had told me marathon pace would be comfortable. 
yeah, I, I think those were the biggest, biggest workouts for sure. Yeah. It's so cool to just be able to trust that. Um, anyways, I didn't know you had done that. That wasn't in your, you're very humble. That was in your very long bio that was not in there. So that's pretty cool. Uh, and then obviously, okay. So you get to Hawaii again, and this time you are ready to go into the trails and I feel like your whole world just kind of opens up into this new, wonderful sport. So tell us how you found the trails. I think you just said it exactly right. I I don't know that I would say road running was getting boring, but it really is like a whole new sport. Um, I just had no idea. So I, um, I'm pretty funny on social media trying to figure it out. And I think it was the first time I had ever reached out to someone and I just said, Hey, I heard you would be a good person to reach out to our friend, Melanie. Um, you know, could I join you for a run? And little did I know, you know, she just opened my eyes to, to the whole mountain, um, mountains, plural, every, you know, all the islands out here. And then every, every spider web of person that it's just an amazing group of people. Um, and I think it's the first time I was just talking to my husband about this. I don't think I've ever been able to actually be in a running group just because I didn't typically run on the weekends. I would have always tried to get most of my stuff done during the week, especially because the kids sports have been bonkers for so long. Um, so, um, yeah, to get out there during the week and, and have the availability to meet with different people. Um, it's really fun. It's a pretty fun group of folks out here. Totally. Right. I feel like it is such a community. Um, and the races are so much like this epic adventure that you're going on together instead of just like heavy porno breathing on the roads. (laughs) So you actually get to chat and get to know people and learn their stories. Well, and everybody's sharing what works for them. Everybody is truly rooting for everyone else. Um, you know, it was a little bit different on the, in the road world. Um, there were some times where, you know, I would kind of laugh just cause I mean, I like to be competitive, but you know, it, it's still running. Um, and, and out here, you know, you've got, I know, you know, Anna and Alex, and then now, you know, with Alyssa, um, having those guys help coach me and, and, and Melanie started it. She planted the hundred miler seed. I've run the hurt 100 twice. Um, and I kind of thought she was crazy cause I had only run a marathon, but you know, you throw your name in the hat and it gets pulled there. You don't really have a choice, but to give it a whirl. Yeah. So, I mean, talk about, we always try to say like, you know, you, you can, you got to do a 50 K first and then do a 50 miler. And then every once in a while, somebody can't comes in and just blows that whole theory out of the water and goes straight to the hundred miler and a very challenging one at that. But you're right. In this scenario, you do not get into hurt 100 and just choose not to. So there you go. So how did you start training for that? And what were the biggest hurdles you found going from obviously covering 42 kilometers pretty quickly to suddenly probably needing a lot of snacks and moving a bit slower? Yeah, I, you know, it's the same. We, the, whoever got in, um, we all just started training together. Um, I had a, a couple guys I trained with, um, on Tuesdays. So that was just our standing Tuesdays. We'd get in there and try and do a few hours, lots of hurt loops. Um, I would hit run with Mel once a week and then the hiking, you know, I, there's so much hiking out here because it's so technical. Um, so I had to learn 
that you don't have to run up. You cannot run up all the hills, which as a road runner, you know, it's, it's hard to the ego to hike. Um, I got used to that very quickly. And then um, the downhill technicals were definitely where I had to really work on. Um, I don't know. I have that, that mom brain of, you know, don't get hurt, don't get hurt. So it took me a little while to, to get moving on the downs. Um, definitely getting better, um, but it's fun to watch the, the, our friends out here that just rip down. They just fly. Yeah. I've had a few friends run hurt and the Pacific Northwest of Canada is very similar where it's just like so rooty and so rocky and you can't explain it to people who are just in groomed trails. It is like a special skill that can only be learned by doing those specific type of trails. Um, but yeah, the downhill after you've had a baby, maybe it's from being pregnant. I feel like there's a little bit of something that is like cautious that you have to, that makes it harder and you don't go as fast. You have to sort of just get rid of your central governor, I guess. eh? Yeah, that's I last year I was a, a little slower. This year, um, I feel like I learned a lot um, or progressed a lot this year. So when I ran Hurt 100 this year, um, it was almost funny. I started getting nauseous on the uphills, um, which I have never happened before. And but I was able to go faster than I almost ever had on a couple of the trails. I'm like <laughs> I'm pring these downhills, you know. Um, but the uphills, I just, I got, I got really nauseous. I had my first puke and rally moment. Oh, that nice. was fun. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it's just neat, neat to, to figure it out. And it's such a playground. So your first, it totally is, right? That's such a good description of trail running. So your first um, Hurt 100, 33 plus hours, which is absolutely outstanding to even finish that race. It's such a challenging race what you said your second time around was a PR. Um, what, how did the second time around go this year? Um, yeah, this was amazing. And I actually told Alyssa, uh, we had uh, brunch the day before with our friend Mel and, um, she just kind of was talking about betting on herself and going for it. And yeah. I had been journaling, journaling a little bit and had said, you know, if you can keep it together, you have the potential to maybe dip under 30 or have a, a good race. And yeah, I, I don't know. I just, um, I did. I think it was probably maybe the best race I've ever had. Um, even though it was so long, I think throwing in the problem solving, the blisters, the toes, um, you know, the aid station uh, stuff is so hard, but incredible. And my crew, Anna, my husband, they were so good to get me out as quick as they could. But I was still changing shoes and socks and taping um, every time. But I was also able to keep going. So I think it you know, definitely was worth it. But um, yeah, I think a lot of it had to do with my downhills, you know, being quicker. I've learned down is fast. <laughs> and if you, you know, it's, it's not as much of an energy suck as going up. So if you can just flow down, it really makes a big difference. Yeah, absolutely. It's so demoralizing to be a very fast uphill <sighs> person and then everybody just fly past you on the downhill and you're like, cool, 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 cool. Yeah. I mean, it was so dry this year too. So, um, you know, we weren't getting, last year I had trench foot and it was just a different, you know, a whole different beast. Um, this one had its different set of challenges. I don't think my body, I've never gone, you know, kind of that fast. Yeah. Um, the backstory is when I finished the race last year, 
the first thing he said is, do you think you'll run this again next year? And I kind of looked at him, it's, you know, like you're in the hospital post baby. Are you going to have another one? <laughs> no, that's not the best time to ask. Um, but he said, if you do, I want to pace you. And so I threw my name in again and was another lucky pull this year. Um, so yeah, he ran, he and my husband would jump in and do some good training runs with me. And, um, he jumped in on the last lap, um, and pulled me through. I don't, I don't know that I have ever been to the well like that. I think we always think we go to dark places. Um, yeah, I don't, it, it's so hard to describe, um, the things he was saying and, you know, just putting my head down, um, trucking along behind him. And when we got to the, the final down, which is called pipes, you know, he just, he kept yelling times we were looking at and, you know, your friends are all down there waiting. And we just flew down and I couldn't believe it. Cause, um, Anna who coaches me was, has said, you know, with running downhill, kind of look ahead. Cause I look at my feet a lot. And I was like, I don't even think I looked down. I just ran down behind him um, and ran the fastest I'd ever run down there and just completely left it all out there. Um, you know, and you ring the bell and kiss the sign and just so incredible to to have your kiddo. I, you know, I kind of said, how did you, like, how did you do that? You know, how did you make me go there? And he's like, well, wasn't that the point? <laughs> I said, yeah, I guess so. Um yeah, a pretty cool way to to finish an ultra. That is one of my favorite stories. Like I would love to have that opportunity. Your I mean your family's used to you running 26.2 miles. What was their response when you came home one day and you're like, "Oh, I'm going to run 100 miles?" Um, yeah, I think the kids just kind of rolled their eyes, but my husband he did say he's like, "Who goes from a marathon to a hundred miler?" And I said, "Well, some of our friends have actually done that. I think we're going to try it." Um, yeah, they were they they just laugh, <laughs> especially now. You know, now I have all these thoughts in my head as we watch all these women do amazing things. Like, ooh, what else can I do? Yes, and that was my next question. So now this. New world's open to you. You've obviously gone after some amazing goals and proven to yourself that like you're pretty capable of whatever you want to do in your life. So what types of goals in the running world are you looking out for? I'm going to run Miwok 100K in May. Um, and that's really the only thing on the books right now. We have the trail series, the Hurt series starts back up out here. Um, so I'll run as many of those as I can because they're really fun. Um, and then, yeah, I don't know. Some of the longer distance I'm intrigued by for sure. I think I need to go maybe crew and pace and check them out. I just, I'm really fascinated. Yeah, Alyssa has my interest peaked for Tour de Jeans for sure. Yes. Yes. That is one. Like a real <laughs> long terrible week. It sounds fantastic. Exactly. Like <laughs> how is that normalized? I love it. Yeah, right. I don't know. I don't know. It's like once you get your feet wet, you're just like, "Oh no, this is a real slippery slope and I'm in this now." Yes. Yeah, it's just well, and it I think it's just, you know, the it's women lifting up women, but it's just the whole crew, you know, people that have run that started this years and years ago, um, you know, they're, they're even intrigued by it. 
So my last couple of questions, like, first of all, if you have any buddy listening that maybe is a mom or a new mom or even just any, anybody at all that is interested in doing a new goal, but maybe afraid to take those few steps to actually do it, what kind of advice do you have for them? Um, I just think bet on yourself. Um, I was talking to a friend the other day that her husband's deployed and she, um, you know, is just, she's not doing a lot on the weekends. Uh, and I said, you know, give yourself the time, get that babysitter. You're a better mom. Um, you know, we're just capable of so much more. I think I laugh. I think about my track coach. If he had any idea that I have run two 100 milers, he probably, you know, first of all, would shake me and say, and you wouldn't even run more than a 400 meter. But, um, yeah, I just, I, I think just bet on yourself, you know, give yourself the time. And I do, I think we're, we're so much better for it. And I, the trails, you know, if, if people are curious about trails, just find one person and it'll lead. It, it has changed my life, you know, not just my running life, but just being in the, in the mountains out here. Um, it's so soulful. Yeah, that should really be, that's like the theme of the year to bet on yourself. I love it. So next couple of questions, last couple of questions, actually. If you could describe trail running in three words, what would they be? Oh, gosh. Um, well, out here, it's magical. I guess anywhere. I haven't run in mountains anywhere else, but um, usually it's just kind of little flat trails, different places. Definitely magical, inspiring, and hard. <laughs> it's really hard sometimes. It, it is. And that sounds a lot like the mountains in Canada. And I think you guys, when you do some training in Hawaii and then training camp in Vancouver too. Yeah. Well, we should just, yeah, if we need to get you heat trained up for anything, yeah, exactly. you know, we're here. <laughs> yeah. And if you want some cold sea level stuff. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Take a break from the heat. <laughs> and last question, post 100 mile race, what is the meal that you are most looking forward to? Mm, usually it's a burger and a beer, um, but I with fries. But I was so nauseous that I think it took me about a week to appreciate food again. That was really weird for me, but um, but we got there. <laughs> yes, isn't that so weird? Like you think after the race it's going to be over, but I remember I did a hundred miles, and then we had this big dinner planned. Like after I got some sleep. And I just went there and sat with like these delicious yam fries and chicken wings in front of me and did not take a bite. And I was just like, I'm so sad. This is what I wanted the whole time. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. You can taste it before you taste it. And then you just don't want it. You're like, what? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> well, your story is so much fun and so inspiring. And so like the message I'm getting is just that if you want something, there's not really any excuse for it, right? Like your life obviously is bananas. Um, and if you want something, you can go after it. So that's such a great message for people to hear. If anybody wants to see more of you, hear more of you, do you have an Instagram or Facebook blog, anything like that? Yeah, I'm kind of bad, but my Instagram is T loves to run. It's L U V S. And then the number two run. Okay. Um, so yeah, I'm on there sometimes. Awesome. That's, that's enough. <laughs> that's all the commitment we need. And I will link to that in the show notes as well. And I want to thank you so much for your time today. This was super fun. Thank you so much. Yeah, definitely.